0: Welcome to the Georgia Today podcast from GPB News. Today is Wednesday, May 31st. I'm Peter Biello. On today's episode, three people are arrested in connection with the controversial police training center in Atlanta. Questions are raised about charter schools and minority enrollment. And a new study finds the shyest spiders ever documented. These stories and more are coming up on this edition of Georgia Today. State law enforcement officials have arrested three people involved in an organization that supports those protesting the Planned Police Training Center in Atlanta. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation says those arrested were officers of the Atlanta Solidarity Fund. That fund raises money to provide legal defense for protesters charged with domestic terrorism after a march rally at the site turned violent. Opponents call the arrests an extreme provocation, comparing those arrested to people who bailed out civil rights activists in the 1960s. Governor Brian Kemp says the fundraisers are part of a criminal operation. Five state university professors have lost their challenge to a Georgia law allowing weapons on campus. The state Supreme Court today upheld a lower court ruling dismissing their lawsuit. University of Georgia Geography professor John Knox, a plaintiff in the case, says the ruling affirms authority of the university system Board of Regents to make policies regarding guns on campus.
1: The buck stops with the Board of Regents. And so the next step is to encourage the board to go for a more common sense educational policy with regards to weapons.
0: Knox says the policy allowing weapons on campus has some exceptions, including classes with dual-enrolled high school students. In another decision released today, the Supreme Court of Georgia decided for the second time that a 2016 law mandating licensing and regulation requirements for lactation consultants is unconstitutional. The law, first struck down in 2020, would have required lactation consultants to get certified in order to be paid for assisting breastfeeding mothers. The decision is the second win for a DeKalb County-based organization Reaching Our Sisters Everywhere, which sued the Secretary of State in 2018. They argued the law was irrational and would have pushed people out of the profession. Though many lactation consultants in Georgia already pursue independent certification, others argue it can be costly or inaccessible for providers in low-income areas. The state Supreme Court's latest decision upholds that people have the right to work without, quote, unreasonable government interference. Georgia has the nation's seventh highest rate of business failure in the first year. That's according to a new study by LendingTree. GPB's Sarah Callis has more.
1: About a quarter of businesses started in Georgia fail after one year, according to data from the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. LendingTree Chief Credit Analyst Matt Schultz says it is important for entrepreneurs to understand what is driving the statistics before starting their business.
0: So it really does drive home the need to be as planful as possible.
1: The study also looked at 5- and 10-year failure rates, where Georgia ranks 18 and 33, respectively. For GPB News, I'm Sarah Callis.
0: Atlanta is among the nation's bottom three metro areas for growth in worker earnings. That's according to a report on small business growth released yesterday by payroll and human resources provider Paychex. The company's report says Atlanta-area hourly earnings grew by 3.6 percent, below the national average of 4.3 percent. Nationally, small business growth remained unchanged from April to May. A new study of adults in Georgia shows people grieving the death of a loved one are at greater risk of binge drinking than those not in bereavement, which can lead to potentially fatal consequences. GPB's Ellen Eldridge has more.
2: The research published in the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health is the first to look at the link between alcohol use and grief among adults in Georgia. Dr. Tony Miles is the lead author of the report. She says the CDC collects information related to health conditions and risky behaviors, but bereavement was a
0: new thing. I finally begged a bunch of people for money <laughs> and begged the Department of Public Health to put it on their survey. So we're the only
1: state in the nation that has actually measured bereavement before the pandemic. Miles says most commonly, binge drinkers were grieving the death of a friend, neighbor, or more than three people. That's concerning, giving the number of people killed by COVID. For GPB News, I'm Ellen Eldridge.
0: Delta Airlines is being hit with a federal class-action lawsuit over claims that the company is the world's first carbon-neutral airline. A California resident filed the lawsuit in that state on behalf of California passengers of the Atlanta-based airline. The lawsuit says the company's carbon claims are based on largely bogus carbon offsets, enabling the firm to gain market share and charge higher prices. The airline did not immediately respond to a request for comment. A Supreme Court ruling on waterway protections is likely to impact wetlands across Georgia. Justices last week significantly expanded the ability of farmers, developers, and others to disturb areas near rivers, lakes, and other bodies of water. Southern Environmental Law Center attorney Nick Torrey says Georgia has 4.5 million acres of wetlands, which he says are now more at risk.
2: The Supreme Court has rewritten the Clean Water Act, and what that means is that either Congress or the legislature is going past to act in order to restore those protections that have been taken away.
0: Tory says the ruling is likely to create additional legal battles over new languages the justices created to define what waterways the federal government has jurisdiction over. Georgia Agriculture Commissioner Tyler Harper applauded the ruling, calling it a victory for farmers against federal overreach. A dinosaur exhibition linked to the Jurassic Park movie franchise has temporarily closed its Atlanta location. Police say people broke in and caused more than a quarter million dollars in damage. Organizers hope to reopen June 7th and are offering to rebook tickets. Charter schools are a pillar of the school choice movement. These are public schools given autonomy to operate a lot like a private school and aimed at offering communities an alternative to traditional education. But in Georgia, many state charter schools in minority white communities end up with majority white enrollment. Statistically, white students at those schools are disciplined less often than their black or brown classmates, too. When that happens, it raises real questions about what school choice means. GPB's Grant Blankenship has more
2: not long ago Macon principal Laura Perkins came to the governing board of the charter school she runs with some good news of
1: the name by Anish as a number one middle junior high school
2: in an online site named her school the Academy for classical education the best in the region based on standardized test scores yeah. about that? And speaking of that a few years ago the best school was exactly what Arnab and Garima Banerjee were looking for it was a new school brand new school came up and all around everywhere was talking having like good reviews about the school that's Arnav. back then the banerjees both of whom immigrated to the u.s from india were wondering how they would navigate the middle and high school years for their son arvon the same school that online site called the best called ace for short was the school everyone was talking about and garima says when after two years they won the admission lottery
1: we were happy because uh, that's what we wanted for him, to be in one place, make good friends, have a good time. But
2: Arvon didn't even set foot in a classroom before the Banerjee's began to have misgivings.
1: It was the orientation meeting for a new
2: class. Arnab said for him there was a clear message. You're lucky to be in this school
1: because this school is so secluded and it's so prestigious, almost like a, almost like a gated community.
2: Arvon attended ACE for three years before the Banerjee's were convinced they were better off on the other side of the gate. Exclusivity is not a fundamental trait of a charter school, at least not for Kurt Fuller. Part of the promise of charter schools is you get autonomy and flexibility in exchange for accountability. For ACE, autonomy means a curriculum grounded in the Western canon the school describes as time-tested for centuries. But Fuller, who's director of charter school operations with the nonprofit group Building Hope also says. Charter schools should be reflective of the community that they're in. That's part of the accountability. It's one of the central tenants Building Hope relies on when they advise charter schools on how to remain fiscally solvent. Schools like ACE overseen by the state charter school commission are divorced from the local property taxes that fund conventional schools. And they can't charge tuition. Those are prices for autonomy. So they borrow money. In 2017, Macon's Urban Development Authority helped ACE secure 36 million dollars in bond lending. When ACE violated the terms of that loan, that triggered an audit performed by Building Hope and Kurt Fuller. But my audience, I don't—I'm I, more concerned about the school operating well than I am about the finances. Is that because when a when a charter school operates well, the bondholders will likely be made whole? Is that the logic? Yeah. Fuller started his ACE audit the way he starts all his audits. I would look at their, their their minority enrollment, and then I would open up the U.S. Census data for five miles around that school and mm-hmm. compare it. Fuller says a school's demography should reflect the surrounding community. But in the case of ACE and Macon... There was a pretty big gap between the community and the school. ACE is in Bibb County, and where 80% of Bibb County School District students identify as black, the Academy for Classical Education is like the flipped image. white. There was more. Fuller found discipline at ACE was racially inequitable too. In his audit report, he noted, quote, significantly higher consequences given to non-white students for behavioral issues. ACE is not alone. Data compiled by the Governor's Office of Student Achievement backs that up. Like ACE, most of the state charter schools with majority white enrollment are nested inside majority black communities. Another similarity? White students are far less likely to be disciplined in those schools than students of color, who are sometimes disciplined two or three times more often than their enrollment numbers would suggest. Statistically, it's an example of something that plays out across about a fifth or 20% of the schools overseen by the Georgia State Charter School Commission. Kurt Fuller says when those patterns surface, it's a problem. I think it defeats the purpose of education. If we want to give students to well-rounded, perspective on life and in the community that they're going to be in as, after they finish their education, um, they have to be exposed to those different viewpoints and other students. Fuller flagged racial inequity in enrollment and discipline as action items for ACE in his final audit. Garima Banerjee says her son Arvon was in middle school when the family began receiving unsettling emails from principal Laura Perkins.
1: They sounded like something drastic had happened. And it was like, your son's behavior from so many months has been like this and now it it's when we are bringing it to your attention and i'm thinking if it's been happening for this long tell me when it happens let's nip it in the bud at first the banerjees went along with the emails and initially we like we we blamed him this year i've received the most emails about zoe and um
2: her so-called issues. That's another ace parent, Vashtai O'Brien. The email that pushed her over the edge was about how her daughter Zoe would be punished after a field trip where kids passed around a rude photo. He sent me an email that said she would not be allowed to participate in any 8th grade field trips. For the remainder of the for eighth grade zoe is only in the seventh grade so she'd have no field trips to look forward to for a whole year uh, what kind of what role do you think race played in her being singled out for that
1: a heavy role because Zoe's been singled out all year almost
2: zoe and her mom are black
1: discipline with children that are and i'm just being blonde hair and blue eyes is swept under the table
2: Garima Banerjee says what she describes as a barrage of emails about her son's behavior followed directly in the wake of her unsuccessful attempts to talk to Principal Perkins about what Arvon said were anti-Asian comments a teacher made to him.
1: It was hard to fight because no one was listening. Because every time you go and tell this is is what has happened, uh, they wouldn't believe us.
2: Eventually, Principal Perkins wrote the Banerjee's if you feel that this is putting undue pressure on Arvon, you're free to explore other educational opportunities for him. The, the Banerjee's have since left ACE. Sort of disparate discipline across racial We tried models. to set up a time to talk with ACE principal, Laura Perkins, about, about the issues of racial equity at her school.
1: I, I'm not, I'm not gonna talk about it.
2: The last time it. we asked Perkins that's, to talk. I, that's ever, you're not gonna say anything ever?
1: No, I don't have any comment, thank you though.
2: She shut the door on any conversation. The same was true for the State Charter School Commission, which supplements ACE's budget by about $14 million annually. Today, Garima Banerjee says she wouldn't advise parents experiencing what her family did to wait three years to leave the Academy for Classical Education. And she says parents considering ACE should ask
1: themselves. Uh, Will my child be happy? Especially if I'm not a white person. Is my child going to be happy in the school?
2: Vashtai O'Brien takes a different tack.
1: Because if we don't send our black children there, if we don't send our Indian children there, if we don't send our Hispanic children there, if we don't send our Korean children, our Vietnamese children, if we don't send any of those children there, then what is, they win. They win, that's it.
2: Meanwhile, in its strategic plan, ACE lists concerns about diversity as one of the quote, external threats to the school. For GPB News, I'm Grant Blankenship in Macon.
0: This story was co-reported with Laura Corley of the Center for Collaborative Journalism. A new study finds Joro spiders might be the shyest spiders ever documented. Their gentle temperament might explain why the giant yellow and black spiders are so good at living in urban areas. During testing, researchers at UGA puffed air in front of more than 30 spiders to learn how they would respond to a disturbance. In response, most spiders did not move for a minute or two. But the Jarro was still for over an hour. Andy Davis is lead researcher on the study.
2: It's clear that the Jaro spiders, they react by simply not reacting, so to speak. They'll just freeze and wait until the disturbance goes away. And so if you think about it that way, that could be one way that they actually can tolerate living in a, a disturbed area where they get disturbed all the time, but they just don't do
1: anything about it.
0: He says this could be why residents of North Georgia spot Joros and their webs in between power lines or even in parking lots. More research will examine how the spider's shyness has allowed them to adapt to live with humans. And that is it for today's edition of Georgia Today. If you want to learn more about these stories, visit our website, gpb.org news. If you haven't yet, hit subscribe on this podcast. Take a moment and do it now, and we'll be there with you tomorrow afternoon. If you've got feedback, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email. The address is Today at gpb.org. I'm Peter Biello. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.